I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Hi, welcome back to Renovation Made Right. I'm Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. And today we have a special guest here, uh, one of our designers on the Black Dog team. She's been with us seven years. Her name is Sabina, not Sabrina Seligman. And she is very talented and she is going to share with us some of her thoughts about design and how she got into design and um, how she likes to work with clients and what she's looking for in an ideal client. And um, so we're really excited to have her here. Welcome, Sabina. Thank you. Hi. Hey, welcome. So we feel very fortunate. We're very blessed to have the talent of a number of folks um, sort of uh, on our team that do the design and sales for us. Uh, and you are one of them. There's a, a, you bring a bunch of gifts to what you do. And we thought it would be helpful to share from a consumer's perspective, or for, to share from a designer's perspective what it's like to work with with uh, with a designer and what you think about during the process and when a client comes into you with little or no direction or idea, um, how you then begin the process with them and sort of help walk them through the process so they can see, um, you know, where they're going and then they can see how they're going to get the project they want because um, it's not clear cut and it's confusing for consumers, right? Um, and so, so. When you have your first meeting with a client, um, tell us what that looks like. Tell us how you take a client from maybe not really knowing what they want, but they know they want something, to moving in a long, more comfortable way to helping them understand, yeah, okay, this is what I can use. This, this is helpful to me. It, it starts with really meeting them in the space and watching how they're moving in the space and also listening to the things that they're talking about. Not necessarily, I hate this doorway, but keywords such as bigger or brighter or more light. It's not necessarily the, the exact physical things that they might be looking for, but the bigger picture that they want to get out of the project. Right. So you're almost feeling their energy in yeah. the space. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of reading between the lines when uh, of the things that are saying to you. Absolutely. And okay. if, if I'm meeting a, a woman who's four foot ten in a kitchen where the countertops are too high, that's... Yeah, it's noticeable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we've done projects where one of the spouses has been six and a half feet and the other one's been five and a half feet, right? right? That's a right. challenge. Right. And you, that, you that is the design challenge in, in, in and of itself. Especially if they're both involved them. in this space. Yeah, right. that's very true. Right. So it's not uncommon that our clients come to us with um, some ideas of what they want, um, but you know, and maybe they'll show you a pretty picture, but that's there, there's a big gap between that pretty picture and them getting a great project they're excited about. How do you start to fill in that gap and how do you start to put some, I don't know, meat on the bones, if you will? Well, the the pretty picture is the, the best example of the feeling typically that they want to get as opposed to this countertop or, or this cabinet. It helps me 
get into the overall theme of what they want want to be looking for. And mm-hmm. if they show me a picture of a kitchen with an island, but we know we're not going to do that, it's really how does this make you feel? Mm-hmm. And and do you, do you like the the brightness or Sometimes it can be as specific as I have to have this countertop, but that's um, it's it's really getting into the mindset of the potential client and the 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 cliche of a picture being worth a thousand words is really accurate because I need to get into their heads and see what they're seeing. Right, mm-hmm. right. So where do you start first? Do you start um, with the thought process about the style of it, or are you starting with the bones of it? Absolutely, Bones. Uh, style comes, we start at the top of the funnel, and style comes somewhere close to the bottom of the funnel because we need to have the space work in terms of how the people are moving around mm-hmm. it, work in terms of making sure when we open a door, something else isn't in the way. And once we get the, the layout down to making sure everything works and there are no conflicts and a six-foot-tall person and a four-foot person can (laughs) both use the space then we can really paint it in whatever way we want painting it's it's kind of like putting on an outfit Mm -hmm. and if you want a sporty look we can dress you in a sporty look and if you want an evening gown we can do that but Mm -hmm. that happens after the logistics are laid out right so that's really interesting i think one of the things that um i think most people are coming from is dysfunctional space right it's very rare that a client comes to us having come out of a kitchen that was already awesome, right? Where there was where there was good forethought put into it, where they've been enjoying how it works, where they where, where they're happy cleaning and working in that space. They're often coming from a space that they feel maybe the pretty magazines and, and the websites like House or whatever give them nice pretty pictures and they're excited about the pretty pictures, but they've been frustrated for years with the dysfunction of the space. Right. Right. And it's I, I've. I've yet to have anyone meet with me and say, I love everything about this. It's just ugly. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's always at least a few things yeah. to fix. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find that in um, in working with clients, and you, you, how do you begin the process of getting to um, that, that um, I don't know, the bones part of it you talk about, that, like the function part of it, because I think that makes a ton. I love the, I love the idea of thinking about those two f- things totally separately and saying, First, we're going to get the, the the functionality right, and then we can like I, I had never heard the the analogy of like an outfit, and then we're That's going to a put great on analogy. yeah, it really. Yeah. Is. I love and 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 then we're going to put it in, you know put on the outfit that is appropriate for what you want. How do you how do you get from okay, crappy kitchen that I'm not happy with? Uh, we got a clean slate. We're going to do a full reno to a kitchen that they're excited about working in. One of the first things I ask people is how many people are cooking? Mm-hmm. Okay. How many people are potentially cooking at one time? And frequently the second question is what handedness they are. Mm-hmm. If there's a left-handed person and a right-handed person working in a kitchen, and before the land of microwave drawers, microwaves only came right-handed. Right. So handedness, and with faucets now, most single-handle faucets are only right-handed. And these are, are things, and... Are you using a dining room? So are you going through a doorway with a platter potentially? Mm-hmm. And the that sort of situation leads to design solutions and, and bones solutions, right. layout solutions. Yeah, so, I, in fact, if anything, having those parameters for like what things you, you can throw out almost makes the design easier, right? right? 
like having I, I always find that the hardest part of designing a space when there's too many options like a blank room it's like oh yeah. geez you know like there's just too many things to go and so yeah. just nailing down those things and being able to eliminate whole sections of stuff that won't work yeah. is almost liberating it's, I do ask people you know what in your existing space drives you nuts great question mm-hmm. you know I can I know I can provide something that my clients are going to love mm-hmm. but let's make sure I don't Provide you something that's going to drive you nuts again. again. Yeah. So when when you're working with a client, what are some of the things that um, that let's stick with the kitchen example? Um, and you're now still in the early stages of getting to a place where you don't really care what it looks like yet. You care how it works, right? And um, and, and you know maybe you're still entertaining the idea of of the visual side because that's exciting for the clients and so forth. But what are the kind of things in an existing space? that make it easier or more difficult about getting something that works? Like when you walk into an existing home, like we work in a variety of homes, right? From 1,800 farmhouses or 1,700 farmhouses to houses that were built last year, right? The One of the trickiest things to work with is the number of openings in a room. And mm-hmm. a lot of older houses we go into, there's the door to the basement, the door to the dining room, the door to the hallway, a the door, door for something pantry, else, right. Door, right? And there's... You know, today's kitchens are very countertop centric, mm-hmm. and how do you? Is there a judicious way to maybe move a door or move an opening that could give you a longer run of cabinets? Mm-hmm. And putting putting openings in either bearing walls or non bearing walls isn't a very difficult or or costly move to make a much better kitchen layout. Right. Yeah, and so that's a really good point. It's you know I think. Um, if you're working with a good designer who's, you know, um, got experience in the construction side as well as the design side, um, there aren't a lot of constraints. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, you know, I think a lot of people get freaked out about the idea of moving walls or moving windows or things like that, um, but they don't need to be, right? They, right. It, you can, you know, the difference that you can give, you know, tell me if you agree with this or not, but it, it feels like for not crazy, crazy amounts more money, the difference that you can give a customer by way of a kitchen design by changing walls can be like the difference between a C plus kitchen and an A plus kitchen. Oh, absolutely! Right. And, and moving, a, you know, a standard thirty inch or, or you know three foot opening is is a small move that can make a huge difference right. in in how the space functions. Sure, sure. Um, and you know, another thing I think, especially when you're going into those older homes. Those older homes, the kitchen may not even been designed for the owner to use. It may have been designed for right. you know a, a cook exactly to, to a use, cook right? and very minimal. There was a cooking device. Right. You know, there was the device that made heat. Typically, the refrigerator was on a back porch because if it was gas, the comp- it was so loud. Right. Or right. an early electric one with a compressor on top, it was so loud. So, you know, early 1900s kitchens were so minimal and. People love the style of that today, but the right. function, but the function is, is just completely awful. different of how yeah. we live today. Yeah, right. and a lot of it was unfitted. So you know, right. it was you know, you'd have a little teeny run of countertop, and right. then you'd have a pantry or a, a hutch or right. something. Who's your cabinet? Right, exactly, but like, yeah, not not the ability to really spread out with right. a cooking project. And the whole idea of an you know an eating kitchen and the family gathering there. You know, you're you're gathering in the dining room. Your right. cooks in the kitchen. Right. It's just right. a right. completely different situation. Yeah, today, that's for sure. And so it sounds like, you know, encouraging clients to come into the process with a designer 
without a lot of preconceptions and with yeah that that's the most important thing you know, style preconceptions that's fantastic mm-hmm. but you know be open-minded if someone says hey you know if we move this doorway over two feet this can be great or making more adjustments to the building mm-hmm. that that just to be open to receiving those suggestions mm-hmm. and and so let's talk about that you said style preconceptions are great and that's really important it's also hard if if your client doesn't have a style that they're thinking about, right? It, because it, you can design a great and functional space, but it's hard to it, it's hard to impart a style to a client, right? It is. However, in that case, I take a reverse tack instead of say, "Show me what you love," show me what you hate. Ah, show yeah. me pictures of what you hate, so I know what not to show you. Right. Right. And that through process of elimination gets people frequently to things that they really like. Mm-hmm. And, and what kind of tools are you, um, you know, talking to your clients about that help them get to, that help them help you, that help them get, get you inside their head? Once upon a time, when, when I started in this business, we had magazines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's that? And uh, now there are websites and Pinterest is good, but Pinterest, if you collect things on Pinterest, you also have recipes True. and... Right dog toys and things, but house.com in particular, and we don't get any royalties from them, um, <laughs> is is great because it's all building-centric stuff. Right. It's kitchens and baths and windows, and it's You can tag them and create a file yes. and say, this is my new kitchen file, right. this is my new bathroom file, these are the things I like, maybe there's a product that's stuck out. And you can annotate or, the photographs, which is great for me right. on my end because I could say, oh, of this picture, they're only looking at that floor. Right. right. And... Yeah. It's, I and I tell people when they start the idea book, it can be a specific thing like the floor, or it can be I like the way this room makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Equally as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's very helpful. So, so we start with the uh, with the functionality. We work through that. Now, once we've worked through the functionality, um, how do we make? How do you work with with clients to get it to look the way they want more than just function the way they want? That that is most definitely about the pictures, okay. and being in the remodeling industry and kitchen and baths for such a long period of time, I can at this point look at a photograph and know what something is, right. and so I know oh in the or something as simple as you've shown me five photographs of white inset shaker cabinets. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking we know you what might you want, want some right, white yeah, right. shaker cabinets. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That was a good hint. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I have yet to have somebody show me a series of white kitchens and then say, so I was thinking of maple. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would like to know a little bit more yeah, about, because the beauty part of technology, both like, you know, the fact that we can go online and go to house and build an idea file and, you know, really collect ideas that way, which is terrific. But there's been so many changes just in terms of the tools that we use as yep. designers to show clients what's going on. Again, back when I started, about when you started, it was just hand drawing. Yeah, and maybe if pencils. you did a good job, right, with a, an elevation or a perspective and you got one shot at it because it took so long to do an elevation, yes. you weren't going to be doing multiples or walking around it, the room with it. it spending and, time, you know, hand drawing elevations with shadows. Right. Yeah, getting out the colored pencils and you know making sure the marble looks right. right. And, and I and I was never good at that. That <laughs> wasn't the part I was good at. So it was frustrating yeah. for me as a designer to to do that stuff. So so fill people in on what we're using now and how that helps you. As there a are a lot of um, 
building modeling softwares out there. Mm -hmm. The one we happen to use is extremely user-friendly. It's not a strict, you know, engineering CAD program that we're using. It's it's very remodeling and small projects, residentially oriented mm -hmm. modeling program. And it is, it's, it's a, a great tool to use. I very much, <laughs> I've had the Kool-Aid and I'm a part of this. <laughs> yeah, so that's, in, in our case, we, we're, we don't have any issues with talking about brands or manufacturers. And so that's yes. a, a product called Chief Architect, yes. right? Now, the truth of the matter is, whatever program a given designer uses, doesn't really matter as long as that's where their comfort is and they can manipulate it effectively and make it work well for them and for the client. Yes. And right? I find that, well, Chief Architect in particular, and there are other softwares that do this, that you can model pretty much anything. If a client comes to you with a sample of, of granite or marble, boom, it goes in the model. Um, wood textures, different colors. Chief happens to have Sherman Williams and Benjamin Moore colors in it. Really? So we can, I can, with some tweaking involved, but we can put everything in. Mm -hmm. uh, they have the ability to customize things. So if I'm at a tile showroom with a client, I'm able to go to the tile manufacturer's website, get an image of the tile, and put it into the model in so, real time. While so we're bring the your bring your laptop with you. Yes, boot, absolutely. Boot it up and and start the image in the client's thing. Narrow down their choices to something they're pretty serious about. Right. Then we can actually. So that's kind of that's kind of incredible, right? And I, I think I think one of the stressful points for many clients is um, visualization. Mm -hmm. you absolutely. Know, I think a lot of folks have a really really hard time. They, they think they know what they want. They're excited about what they want. They're nervous because they can't understand line drawings, right? right, back, right. back in the day, right. that's oh. hard. They can't understand elevations. Um, and they need they need something that we can relate to and think of as a picture. And what I've seen you do before with Chief Architect, you, you, know, you make that program sing, right? And, and I've seen you um, essentially kind of take clients through the space so they're feeling, you know, like it, we're not putting on virtual reality goggles and stuff Although like that. Next. Yeah, Although that's that is next. That's, <laughs> that's coming, right? Yeah. Um, but we're allowed, we're able to um, give clients views from virtually. What if I were sitting at the breakfast table? What mm -hmm. does that look like? I, right. I, yeah, I, I am able to set the camera at somebody's different eye level, heights, yeah. different heights, mm -hmm. and follow it down a hallway or mm -hmm. through a doorway and open cabinet doors and drawers and the it's it's a great tool because it 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 eliminates some of the fear that of the unknown that the clients right. have right, right. and so, I, I remember back in the day again y you would not be able to show people you'd have confidence in your own abilities right. like I know this is going to be amazing and you need to trust me <laughs> but that's that's yeah. part of and the that's, to take a leap of faith it that, is a leap of faith like okay, okay my designer is a good designer and I know it's going to turn out right. all right but that for some people that was really really difficult oh, and that's difficult. just another source of stress yeah. that they then go into the project with right right so if if you're going into construction we've already talked in other shows about the fact that that can be stressful and you're going in not only with the stress of knowing that you're going to have disruption and mess and all that kind of stuff but with anxiety about, geez, is this really going to look the way I right. want it to look? Mm -hmm. So, do I really like that tile? Right. Mm -hmm. So, modeling a project with uh, software that generates a really relatable image just takes that whole part of the process mm -hmm. away from you know. It doesn't have to be you know part of part of the stuff that's wrapped around your head. One of the right. things I, I very much enjoy doing at the end of a project is taking some photographs and going back into the model 
placing my camera where I was standing and looking at the real image and the model side by side. Right. And it's, the, I love hearing now in, in back in the land of pencils, it was, oh, that's what it looks like. Right. <laughs> and now it's, it looks just yeah. like the model. Right. And that's, that's what I want to hear. Because right. right. also right. I, with more, the more familiar clients are with that model and the images that they're seeing, a little part of their brain is living in that model, even though they're home in their old kitchen. Right. So yep. that when they do get the new kitchen, it's not a shock because they've been living in that model right. for a while. Sure, um, sure. That's, that's a good thought. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, the other thing that's the other thing that's really helpful about that is the more relatable the design is, and the more they can visualize, the more they can potentially see something they're not psyched about. Right, right. The, oh, and, right, and like, oh, you know what? Now that you've got me standing here virtually, thinking yes. here, um, that that spacing feels a little tight to me, or whatever. Right? right now, obviously, you know, you would, I know, it goes without saying, but you would never design sort of outside the appropriate rules. Like in in the world of kitchen and bath design, there's a lot of rules. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, um, and, and a lot of those rules relate to spacing and and mm -hmm. relationship of objects of, of of this to that. Um, and so you're always going to stay. You're always going to work within there. But even within those rules, there are are you know skinny tolerances and wide tolerances, Correct. right? And, and you know that's where when a client can really understand a space, that's when they can be like, ah, you know what? Let's err on the side of the larger part of that range, mm -hmm. right? right? And 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 I'd like more clearance between my island and whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And you, you know, that's so so hard to do when it's just a flat one dimensional drawing. Right. right? And right. you know, I do have the the ability to put silhouettes of people mm -hmm. in there yeah. and that helps right and even even lighting right that lighting is a huge part huge. of what, almost i'm going to guess but i'm going to assume very few kitchens you walk into have ever been adequately lit right that's a that oh, seems to be a, yeah. yeah it seems to be a hot button for most clients yeah. very much it's so. poorly lit and so we're going from poorly lit to much better lit but that also impacts the way your design looks yes and it right? also <laughs> Here I go on the chief bandwagon. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's um, okay. We have the ability to program the individual lights as right. to wattage and oh, how bright it is. That's amazing. And you can't quite dim them in real time, but right. to, to say, you know, look, I do think you should have this many, you know, ceiling lights for the right. ambient light in the space. Right. And because if you don't, it looks like this. Right, and, and then you, you get hot spots and right. cold spots right. visually and. That corner is going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. So, right, 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 right. That is terrific. Yeah. So, and I think one of the takeaways here for um, our listeners is um, when you're thinking about working with a designer, you know, we, we try not to make this all about the black dog show, right? When we're trying not to make a lot of this, a lot of what we're trying to put out for content is to help people who are thinking about doing a project anywhere in the anywhere who are listening to a podcast have a better outcome and a better experience, right? For those folks that come to us and want to do projects, that's awesome. But if you're in California, you're thinking about doing all these concepts still apply, right? So my takeaway that to, to share with clients in talking with you about this is um, find a designer who can leverage these these technologies, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it's it's one thing to find someone who's been doing this for a long time and has good knowledge and knows what they're doing. It's another thing to find that person who can also help help you see it in a way that you can really get your head around it and. And today, the answer for that is technology. Yeah. Well, especially if you have an issue with visualization. If you're a person that, like, can't look at a, a blueprint and, and at all visualize what it is, you need that. And that is typically the majority That's of people. That's the majority. It's yeah. the majority of everybody. It's, right. it's you know, the, the <laughs> drafting conventions were, you know, what was available at the time. And to keep moving with the tools of the trade mm -hmm. to... to 
help everybody's experience is, is right. really essential. So let's pick up on the idea of um, the concept of let's doing an addition to a home. Yeah, yeah. so we, talk, we did talk about that at the beginning. So one of the things that people come to us for is not just interior work, you know, not just redoing a kitchen in place or a bath in place or, you know, whatever, but say, say you've got a 1850s farmhouse, but in the kitchen is a postage stamp and you know that you really want a bigger space. How do you, how, in what order do you approach that, that space, that new space that we're creating? Right. The first answer is in the legal order. The very first thing is to check out the zoning and mm -hmm. see what our buildable lot by right is. Okay. Because in, in variance process just shifts us into a whole nother level of stuff. Yeah, and right? that's, that probably is a more, um, that's a, that's a, a bigger concern for us than we tend to work in more densely populated areas, Correct. right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in a more rural community and the lots are large and the houses are in the middle of a lot, there's no baggage there, right? But if you're in a, in a community where houses are sort of more on top of each other, that's a thing, right? right? The, the thing, and being mindful of that, that's so that's a very responsible thing, and we should talk about that a little bit because I think, I, I don't think, I have been involved in situations where clients have already designed solutions and gotten excited about additions and then you find out that, nope that can't they can't it. have yeah right that either can't you can't have. have or it's going to be a lot of hoops to go right. through to and get it right. years and meetings yeah, years and, and meetings and, and lawyers and, and expense right and yeah and it's not at some point in time we'll do a show around the whole sort of variance and and, and that'll be a scintillating one <laughs> <boy. laughs> but <laughs> but until that until get that ready. time comes mark your calendar yeah it, it, <laughs> but until that time comes i think you know, starting out in that in, in that way and thinking about what constraints do we have that don't have anything to do with design but have to do with the lot or have to do with the town or have to do with the setbacks. That's that, really that's, smart. That's really the first thing is, is the logistics of the project, mm -hmm. wetlands, ledge, all that sort of thing. But when, if everything's fine in all those categories, the first thing, and, and I know we've all driven on a street or in a neighborhood and you've seen a house with an addition that just looks really peculiar. Yeah, it's, we call that remodeling. Yes, it's yeah. remodeling. It's a dumb <laughs> box attached to something, and you can tell that that you know it it was a floor plan. It wasn't elevations. It wasn't a model of any kind. Right. It was a floor plan mm -hmm. that just grew into three dimensions. Right. And they and they've slapped this wart on the side of their house yeah. that in some cases actually made you know yes it got them more square footage, but it may have devalued their house. It Absolutely. often devalues their house and is a source of ridicule in the neighborhood. Right, as right. Well. You do, do you want to be the house that everybody laughs right. at? Right. No. Do you want to have the dumb box? No. no. So in in that case, I definitely start from the outside in. Okay. Uh, the the mass. Explain what you mean a little bit about well, that. Well, the how big is it, mm -hmm. and and what how does this thing relate to the existing house? And a lot of that is it, a big lot of it is the the details, the exterior details right. and things. But it's proportion. Mm -hmm. If you ranch houses are notoriously difficult to add on to because they're so low slung mm -hmm. and you have to speak within the language of that house. Of course, somebody says, I have a 1720s farmhouse and I want a super contemporary edition. Right. That's one thing. But to to keep within the language of the existing house as far as the bulk of it, mm -hmm. the height of it, and roof lines are tricky. Right. And that's really when I'm doing an addition is spend a bulk of my time getting that roof right. Not aesthetics are a huge part of it, but also... We, we're in New England. It snows. Yeah. And valleys and where the water is shedding. Right. And 
the and roof, ice dams the roof and, is right. key mm -hmm. to all of this. Yeah, and so that's that's another part about responsible design, right? And 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 working with somebody who understands that it's not all about pretty and it's not all about flow. It's also about you know durability and maintenance and future maintenance and mm -hmm. future headache. Are we are we building a headache into your world? Like you know, my belief is that we never design a flat roof into a project without having a very serious conversation with a client about the lifespan of the average flat roof. Right. Right. right? And I want to say obviously for, for and there has to be a really good reason for that flat. Yes, right. Absolutely. Right. Because right. yeah. you can you can default your way to a flat roof pretty quickly and pretty easily, mm -hmm. but the, it, it's never without baggage for the homeowner. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know where where does the water go? Mm -hmm. Right. Or, and yeah. Where does it go when this, all that snow that built up? I, I sits on it. To be live, yes. I live under a flat roof, and in severe snowstorms, there's a crew of people on it shoveling. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's it's but you know weather and is is, is a part of it, and then when you get you get that exterior, you get that shell just right. Okay, we can let's start. Where's the bathroom going? Right, right. So in that scenario, you you, you started the previous conversation a little bit with the idea, the metaphor of a funnel, and so in that you know there or here you've now modeled the house. You've got the the existing house, and now you're playing around with sort of boxes on the outside until you get to a place where you're like, okay, this can work. Now let's let's dive deeper. Is Correct. That, okay, okay. It's different levels okay. of of. Of depth, right? <laughs> <laughs> Diving deeper, like you said. Yeah. Well, so, so that's I think that's really important. I think then, you know, uh, being able because, you know, for the for the client to say, oh, I think we need a twenty by twenty family room, that's all well and good, but your house may not want that, right? Yeah. So right. then we got absolutely, right. and and I do talk to people about that, especially when they do come to me with dimensions like that. Sure. Like, okay, where, where, where did where that, that come, from? come from? Right. right. Why does that feel right? Why, right. And, yeah. you know, right. unless it's, I need a two-car garage under, well, then we know kind of how big it's going to be. Right. But right. a lot of additions, the size the size is important, but the, the utility and mm. how and it, the aesthetics. How the aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the Super remodel important. versus remodel. It's, right. It's got to be appropriate. Right. Yeah. And the level of appropriateness is it kind of, follows all of it, whether it's an addition or a powder room. Mm -hmm. and of course, we can, I will have had several clients, you know, forget the appropriateness of what's existing in the house. I want this, right. which is perfectly valid. But I do yeah. begin everything with a level of appropriateness for the house that's there. Right. Sure. Sure. That makes total sense. Um, and so then once you've got the space masked, now you're drilling in, going back to sort of original conversations with clients about the things that are important to them and then trying to fill in the spaces and, and make it all flow. Right. Right. Cool. And it's, it's a part of its client desire, part of its, well, your plumbing's over here, so let's keep all the bathrooms over right. here. Right. Let's not spend let's, a lot of money yeah. moving the plumbing if, I we would can, be if happy. there's not a good reason right. to, right, right, to move it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's another, that's a really, I'm, I'm so glad you said that. That's another really, really good, important piece. And I think we'll probably... We'll probably wrap it here, but what you just mentioned is is an illustration of the fact that you have a very good understanding of the construction side of the business as well, right? So it's one thing to design a wonderful and functional space. It's another thing to think about that in the context of how the existing house is put together mm -hmm. and how the existing house is functioning, right? So when I, I mean, and I don't mean like how doorways flow and how the floor, but I mean like the, the infrastructure of the house. Right. Like right. Where, where is the boiler in right. the basement? Where is the, where are the water lines? Mm -hmm. What, and, and, you know, thinking about it, not just exclusively from 
the standpoint of, of where the addition goes, but how does that impact the cost of the project? Right. If right. I can if I can design an addition for you that's on this part of the house and it works well with the house and it works, it's going to be less expensive than if we push it over to this side of the house. You know. Right. Right. And and those are those are meaningful considerations, and that that means that you've taken the time. Like, let me not put words in your mouth. When you start the process, <laughs> yeah. when well, you if start, the words were wrong. I would have told yeah, you. When, yeah. When you start the process, if you know, part of you, part of you is doing an inventory of what's going well, on in the house. Forget the reconnaissance yeah. is, is right. One of the most important things you could do on a right. project. Right. Forget what beyond the clients are asking. Style for. beyond anything. It's oh wow, that boiler's twenty years old. And if we're doing an addition, let's talk about this right. and right. where the waistline is and all of this. How it's you know is is. The whole house insulated, and if you're putting a very insulated addition onto a not very insulated house, there are all of the building mechanisms that have to be taken into account. Yeah, and because the reality is we never get to function in a vacuum of budget. No, no client ever walks in and is just like, okay, this Spend is what I want. Yes, right. Yeah, this is what <laughs> yeah. I want. I don't care what it costs. And and so, you know, from, from you, in your job, the responsible thing to do is also then be really aware of what some of those different details will do to impact, like how will do to impact the the overall budget, will do to impact the design. You know how much, and I look at this in a little bit, sort of. I'm going to use the word waste, but how much money does your client have to waste because of the way the house is set up right now? Right, mm-hmm. right. So like nobody gets excited about a new boiler. Right, right. Mm-hmm. People yeah, right? <laughs> or new ins- or new insulation. New insulation. It's like right. spending money I'll tell at you the dentist. They are you don't excited get after they've lived in the house. Yes, right. <laughs> but but, but you know, people are much more jazzed about the idea of this great family room, so oh, yeah. it can impact the way they live and all that. But there's sometimes some stuff that's not exciting that we have to deal with to get there, and and that is a big piece of it. Right, it, it's a huge piece of it, but the the design build build model is terrific for that mm-hmm. because we're you know I'm I'm not just a kitchen cabinet salesperson in a kitchen cabinet right. showroom. I know about the building and the materials and methods of having heating. Right, so you can give them best and, overall yes, solution and not and just piecemeal it. And if I don't. Uh, a question to one of my colleagues is, you know, a desk away. Uh-huh. And the design build model is terrific for that mm-hmm. because at the same time I'm designing and checking out the massing, the project manager is is checking out the, the mechanicals. Mm-hmm. And right, exactly. And, right. You know, and, and for, for you know, sort of the, the other scenario where the architect comes in and does their thing and now three contractors have priced it, all those three contractors kind of have to use their own due diligence to figure out What's not going to work about the existing structure, and how do I need to think about that when I price the project? Right. You know, it, the 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 better, more responsible, from my perspective, the better, more responsible way is to factor all those pieces in during the design phase. If Absolutely. We, if we just draw an addition for somebody and say, "Here's a beautiful addition," and we don't think about all the other pieces that we have to tie in, we're being, from my view, negligent. I think it's negligent. Yeah. I, I, negligent is the the word I would absolutely use. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Because, and it's also selling, you know, the the design in a vacuum model is is it's selling an illusion. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Because it will yeah. never either. It will never. You'll never be able to pull it off the way you want, or right. it won't work the way it was promised to you. Or, or it's five times more expensive, expensive than, than it needed to be. Right. Right. That's exactly right. So. Yep. Well, Sabina, 
It has been such a pleasure. Such to a pleasure. The pleasure's mine. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's been so fun to be able to get some uh, some perspective from you and uh, talk a little about what you can do um, with uh, with the software and 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 how you view the process from a design standpoint. That's been really helpful. I hope that our listeners have found some actionable information. I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. All right. So again, thank you for being with us. We greatly it appreciate a pleasure. it. All right. Uh, and I am Dave Bryan. You've been listening to Renovation Made, right? And I am Brenda Bryan, and we hope that you come back and listen to us again real soon. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.